Now, Marianne, firstly, um, uh, Brigadier uh, Hangwani Mulaudzi saying no knowledge of the summons and yet, uh, you know, everybody else seems to know about it. Uh, how reliable are your sources on this? They're very reliable. <laughs> They're very reliable. I wouldn't um, run something like this if I wasn't sure it was happening. It took me a while to just confirm it, but I, could, I confirmed what I could confirm. Um, so, yes, it's happening. And um, uh, during those confirmations, were you able to get anything out of the Hawks in terms of confirmation? Well, I've been trying to speak to the Hawks for, for quite some time about various issues which feed into this very complex and deep story, uh, which involves the South African Revenue Service. There are many strands to it, and I'm not sure where they all lead back to. Um, but there seems to be a reluctance to take the media or the public into their confidence. And so I'm not quite sure why the Hawks are being so cagey, because if you are investigating and your investigation is kind of in the bag, uh, I think you should be honest and say, yes, we're charging them, and this is why, and this is the law, and this is what they did, and um, we're taking this all the way. So I'm not quite sure why um, the Hawks are not being upfront about what's happening. Marianne, according to your sources, what is the latest? Where is the story at right now? Well, the 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 uh, former executive that's the, uh, Ivan Pillay, Johan van Lachenburg, who was head of the uh, investigative unit, and Pete Reicher, as well as uh, Brian Gordon, have been asked to uh, report to the Hawks on Thursday for a warning statement, which is something you get before you you might be uh, charged criminally. So that's where we are now. There is another investigation going on, which I see News 24 has written about today, which we were in the process of confirming, and that is that Grant Thornton is looking at all the the deals that were done in terms of the the IT and modernization of SARS under Pravin Gordon. And as we know, the the, uh, SARS was frighteningly effective and collected massive revenues, also um, brought to book many, many people who were evading tax, uh, particularly in the tobacco industry, which which there is some role uh, of the tobacco industry in this destabilization. Um, it appears as if there is some role, and uh, so so that's that's the other probe that's happening. It's a two-pronged attack on the Minister of Finance. So, so uh, you know, uh, the narrative also, you know, when you talk about an attack, and, and there's been uh, widespread criticism about that sort of approach to reporting the story. Uh, how would you defend that? Well, I think that we have to be careful that that um, we are not part of anybody's agenda. What, what I would like to see with regard to particularly the the stories about the uh, SARS and the Treasury. And, and in SARS, I think what we need to do is call a commission of inquiry. Because if you look back at that story and you realize how it began to crumble, it has to do with a state security agent uh, who was working for British American Tobacco, and uh, who acted as a lawyer for other tobacco companies, smaller tobacco companies, who threw the first hand grenade, so to speak, into the SARS, uh, the heart of SARS, which then resulted in the Sunday Times being dragged along in the slipstream, which then resulted in the firing of the entire uh, top executive of, of the Revenue Service. It's a massive, massive thing. Uh, someone is tinkering with the institutions of a democratically elected country. I think what we must call for now is a judicial commission of inquiry, not another panel of lawyers or a KPMG report. I mean, the KPMG report is compromised. KPMG acts as uh, the auditors for British American Tobacco. They are not impartial uh, in terms of doing an investigation of SARS. There's too many overlapping uh, interests here for us to take any of these reports um, 
at face value. We as the South African public, as the citizens of South Africa, of a free democratic country, need to know what is going on. Mm. Apart from the KPMG report, there were, of course, others, and I'm, I, I, I've lost count of how many there were at this stage, but of course there was the Skakane panel as well. Um, what about all of that information that had been gathered? Is that of no value at this point? Well, none of the allegations that were made were tested, and none of the people who have been accused were cross-examined or were given an opportunity to respond to allegations made. So it's merely, you know, it's an exercise in trying to get a result that you wanted from the beginning. Um, so that none of those reports will fly in a court of law. The Minister of Finance himself, uh, Pravin Gordon, has also said that we spent 23 million rand on the KPMG report and he wasn't even interviewed. Uh, you know, there are documents and papers available. You can go back and see um, when this, this unit was, was set up. Every you know, revenue service in the world has an investigative capacity. You do need that. You've got this unit brought down the creatures. It, it, it looked at abalone. It's also looked at people who were apparently close to politicians. Uh, there, are, there are known syndicates and criminals working in Durban and in, in, and in other provinces this, that, that, the, that SARS was looking at. And when that started happening, uh, of course, but this is, this is not unique to South Africa. You know, you know crime is the flip, side, the flip side of capitalism, and this happens in the United States and everywhere else. So we have to be very, very careful of criminals and tax evaders and other people uh, starting to capture the state as well. And uh, just uh, finally, Marian, were you able to speak to Minister Gordon or any of uh, the people associated with him? Uh, they're not speaking to the media at this point. I uh, got confirmation that the minister had indeed been asked to, to represent himself at, uh, at the Hawks offices, um, but none of the, of the suspects uh, at this point want to talk to the media. They don't want to jeopardize any of their chances. They're not prepared to make statements. Uh, neither confirm or deny that they received their letters, but I've seen the letters. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think they're just going with the process, and I think we just need to, uh, what, we know, what we need from the Hawks is um, openness, accountability, and transparency. There was also a massive leak on Twitter of a series of documents which relate to British American tobacco, which are absolutely disturbing, and the Hawks are not investigating uh, those leaks at all. They say no one's made a charge. Now, I thought it was their job to do the investigation, not ours. Mm. And considering uh, previous precedents in that regard, yeah, it, it, it does become a bit curious. Yes, it does. Um, so I think really we, 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 need to, we need openness here. And if you look at the Daily Maverick today, if you look at um, our, our uh, editor, um, Ranjini Mulusami's story about the background to the, the attack on Pratt and Gordon in relation to the announcement this week that the president is going to be overseeing the state's um, and enterprises, uh, the picture starts to get clearer. Well, we're going to leave it there. Thank you so much, Marian Tam, uh, who is a journalist with the Daily Maverick. Now, uh, this story has been dragging on for quite some time, but what do you make of it at this stage? Well, I do think that uh, many will read the timing as having waited for elections to pass so that uh, it unfolds. And this may also be read as the beginning of that much-anticipated battles within the ANC, wherein uh, those aligning to the president and those who are seen to be standing on the way of the president having full control of the state apparatus, you may begin to see elements of that. And, of course, uh, it will sharpen the divisions within the ANC itself, and will lead to public outcry, especially when it comes 
so close to the announcement that uh, the state-owned companies will now be under the direct control of the state presidency. You know the stories around ESCOM. Uh, you know the stories around the South African Airways and the chairperson there. And of course, others would say, but if there is a case to answer, then surely Minister Praveen Gordon, like every other citizen, is not above the law, and therefore he should answer to it. Without any doubt, I don't think anyone would even encourage the notion that some people should be immune uh, to the law, but it is the timing of some of these events and the whole chain of events. Ironically, at this moment, NPA is fighting the reinstallation of uh, charges against the president, which was purely over the question of timing of those charges, which seem to have been discussed as having to wait for the Pulwana conference. And something else that uh, does seem to give credence to uh, the, uh, the the notion that this is a proxy war is the fact that if you look at what this uh, unit had done, the National Research Group, uh, as Marianne Tam was pointing out there, and she outlines this in her article as well, 40 million rand fine paid uh, by former boss, uh, a Hyundai South Africa boss, Billy Rotenbach, um, who had at that point been evading tax authorities for about 10 years. Uh, they went after Glenn Agliotti. They went after Dave King and others. And then, uh, allegedly, this only became a problem, this unit, once they started going after companies who had alleged dealings with President Jacob Zuma and his family. Uh, certainly, that is actually the kind of worrisome trend that those reading into this story may begin to worry about. Uh, of course, as to how the unit was established and whether it had overreached itself is another thing and it should be subjected to scrutiny. But that you would have now the issue of going after some business people who are seen to be having political connections uh, would be another dimension. And also basically the notion that Treasury is now having to deal with the reforms at South African Airways, with the issues at ESCOM and so forth, and there seemed to be an impasse over the completion of the appointment of the board of SAA, and then you do have these developments. This might just be a trigger for what might later on become a full-swing cabinet reshuffle, which will primarily target Treasury and probably sweeping both the minister and the deputy minister. And would it be far-reaching to tie this in with uh, the results of this uh, past election and, of course, uh, the uh, news coming out of the latest NEC that President Jacob Zuma will now be more closely overseeing what is going on in parastatals? Uh, Certainly. uh, That is why my earlier comment was that perhaps some of these developments would have taken place anyway, but they were waiting for the rating agencies in June and for the elections in August to begin to unfold. And uh, this is just the tip of an iceberg. We are likely to have a lot more revelations. And don't be surprised that if this matter goes full-blown into the hearings, into the courts, you may begin to see or hear a lot more 
of organized syndicated crime and the financial dealings because even those involved in the unit itself may not hold back any other information when it gets to that. And just finally, what does this mean for the African National Congress? It simply deepens the crisis within the ANC and makes their life of recovering and introspection a lot more complicated, and it may worsen the situation, which, if not resolved in time, may ultimately lead to the ANC itself losing power in the next elections. Well, thank you so much, uh, Professor Somatotafikeni, uh, speaking to us there about uh, the SARS-Hawk story.